Being a dad isn't always easy, but it's the best thing I ever did. I'm constantly improving myself to be the best dad I can be through fitness, nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle. As fathers, we pass on many things to our children, such as our mindset, our habits, our attitude, and what we've learned along the way. Each of these will shape who our children are and who they will become. The Warrior Dad's mission is to help you become the healthiest version of yourself, to hone your edge, and to live with purpose. My name is Jim Bartomey, and this is the Warrior Dads Podcast. As Warrior Dads, we got to tackle a lot of things, but tackling low testosterone levels should definitely not be one of them. Uh, we need to keep our testosterone at peak levels, and that is absolutely crucial for all of us. So I'm sure you know all the horrible things associated with low T levels. If you don't, it's definitely not pretty. Uh, it's Google search away. But unfortunately, testosterone levels in men have been consistently decreasing over the last two decades. And it's actually one of the biggest conversations I have to have when working with men, which is why I decided to create the Warrior Dads Testosterone Booster Guide and Checklist. It's a free download. And all you have to do is go to checklist.warriordads.com. Uh, just download it, start, start implementing it, and start to feel the difference. So again, go to checklist.warriordads.com and get your free copy now. Hey guys, thanks for tuning back in for another episode of the Warrior Dads podcast. Today, I have Vinny Dangerfield with me. And Vinny is a friend, but he is also the owner and head coach of Mesomorphics, which focuses on fitness and mindset coaching. And he is also an ambassador for Ultra Human. Vinny has been challenging his body and mind his entire life through sports. He has competed in things like baseball, wrestling, track and field, rugby, bodybuilding, obstacle course racing, and holds a third-degree black belt in Taekwondo. Vinny's mission is to create a world full of self-worth, peace, and health, and prove to people that they have the power to change the world. Vinny, thanks so much for coming on to the Warrior Dads podcast, buddy. Of course. Thanks for having me, Jim. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. Um, we are going to get into an interesting topic today because you currently are not a father yet, right? But we are accurate. talking <laughs> accurate, right? We are going to talk about something for the fathers out there. So it's still, you know, following, of course, the warrior dad's theme and and, and prevalent to men fathers and, mm -hmm. and even any uh you know kids or, or something like that that are listening to the show as well with their parents mm -hmm. um so we're going to be talking about growing up without a dad yeah and the absence of having that that father figure in your life so uh, i'm really excited about about this and this was actually for everybody listening this is actually Vinny's idea and uh to do this and offer to come on and, and talk about this and i thought that that was just such a powerful message and um, super honored to have him have him on. So before we jump into that, um, just take everybody through, you know, I know there was a lot of stuff that we covered in your uh, intro right there. You've done a lot of stuff through, sure. um, through sports and things like that, but just take everybody through like a brief background and kind of what made you create this mesomorphics and this, this journey that you're on and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, and I'm I'm definitely looking forward to diving into my uh, life experiences much deeper. Uh, just kind of sharing where I've come from, what I've what I've learned, and uh, you know, definitely shed some light on you know 
a, uh, a topic that not a lot of people like to talk about, you know, and in essence, we all like to think that things are always sun sunshines and rainbows, you know what I mean? But um, mm -hmm. there's obviously the, the other side to relationships and, you know, being a father, or just a, a influential male figure in people's lives. Uh, so yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to sharing that. But I guess, um, you know, I'll, I'll give some uh, background as to really how I even got started in all of this. I mean, um, I think part of the reason why even sports was so influential for me was because growing up, you know, in a single parent household, um, my mom wanted to provide the utmost experience for me. So she was always super encouraging. You know, if I said, Hey, I wanted to go play hockey. She's like, yeah, go, go try hockey, you know, or if, if I said, I want to try baseball, she was, she was super supportive. And so, um, you know, sometimes there's parents out there who are, living their children's dreams and their visions um, based on what they expect of them. And so, you know, my mom was just always super um, just open to letting me try things. And uh, if I didn't like it, no, no harm, no foul sort of thing. So that's, that's really where I was just always constantly trying something new um, and, and found my passion and, and love in Taekwondo specifically. Um, so, you know, competing on the, uh, junior Olympic circuit for a couple years and then getting into wrestling and, and really during my high school career was when I started realizing that um, I had a certain knack for health and fitness and and coaching and a, a certain perspective that other people didn't I mean when I was even 10 years old I was coaching or training uh, some uh, martial arts students who were almost seven times my age you know like uh, not many people have that experience at such a young age. And so being able to leverage that and then starting to see the negative side effects to what happens if you don't take care of your health was um, a, a massive impact for me. You know, so fortunately, I, I've been very healthy my entire life, but I've, I've seen several family members, but specifically my grandmother uh, grow up with diabetes, um, Later on throughout her life, she was on dialysis for seven years, going three times a week. Um, she ended up having a quadruple bypass. And then, um, you know, she was wheelchair bound um, for a couple years. And then she actually suffered several mini strokes up into her passing. And, you know, she was the biggest reason why I got into um, exercise science and psychology back in undergrad at Kent State University. So if anybody out there is listening from Ohio, go flashes. Um, but uh, she, she was a huge um, impact for me in my life. Because like I said, growing up in a single parent household, my, my grandmother, when my mom was working, you know, she was taking me everywhere. And so I wanted to fight for her health you know, but you can't want something more than somebody else does, you know, and I'm sure you know that with your clients and even just all of your family. And um, so for me, seeing that really inspired me to want to start making a difference for others. And so I, I you know, upon graduation was uh, climbing up the corporate ladder within the fitness and wellness industry, but still saw a, a gap in uh, people's results. It, it wasn't necessarily as permanent uh, and it wasn't necessarily even at the scale that it could have been. And so that's when I decided to start my own coaching business where everything's inclusive, you know, so we go over fitness, of course, uh, 
Uh, and then we also go into meal mapping. That's the way I like to describe the nutrition coaching to it all. Uh, and then we go into a ton of mindset mastery. And so meaning that means that, you know, the, the clients are, are truly figuring out everything that's working because if it's working, then, you know, let's, let's turn that up a notch, you know, and then understanding how their mindset is influencing the things that aren't working in their life. And then once they're super clear on the things that aren't working, well, we've got to make sure we can do the things that will work and continue to, to redesign and reinvent ourselves moving forward. And so taking that approach, because I had seen my grandmother who, you know, was unhealthy and in a negative mindset, very, um, very just kind of closed off. Uh, I mean, not necessarily closed off in communication, but she was closed off in the way of her vision. You know, she, she just only ever saw herself, you know, growing older at a certain age. And she, she basically manifested her destiny, honestly. Uh, and so I know how much I cared about her and I, I wouldn't want to see others uh, personally experience that or even witness it uh, indirectly as well. So that's really where mesomorphics came from. And so that's why my, my entire passion and mission is to coach people into understanding how valuable they are. Um, I, I truly, truly, truly believe that this world that we live in right now, if people understood how valuable they were and how unique and special they truly, truly are, uh, their health would be at a completely different place. Their relationships would be in a completely different place. Uh, and just, you know, their, their general interaction, uh, like with the environment, uh, with politics, everything would be completely different. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, you're, you're right. The things that, the things that some people prioritize or folk choose to focus on today is um, a little skewed, I guess you could say. Sure. Yeah. That's a, that's a gentle way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, you were involved in all these sports and, you know, not, well, actually your dad's, your dad's still alive, right? So I guess we mm -hmm. should just kind of clarify that. So at what age was your dad not in your life? Uh, really early on, uh, if I'm not mistaken, my parents' divorce was finalized when I was two. Um, and then I had my, my parents had, or I should say my father had visitation with me until I was five. The last time I saw him was on Father's Day, but not, uh, I want to, I want to paint a picture, right? So imagine if you were five years old, seeing your father on Father's Day, you don't normally see him. There's another woman in the car. You don't even get to meet her, right? You give him, uh, like, I don't know, some sort of mug that says, world's greatest dad. You have some candies in there. And he leaves it on the side of the driveway. And you don't know it until he pulls away. Literally the last memory of my dad until 20 years later, right? So just, you know, just, just to kind of be a little vulnerable, right? Like that really messed with me, man. You know, uh, as a, as a little kid, I didn't understand, you know? And, um, I mean, I wasn't even invited or, or told about his wedding. Um, you know, so that, that like a, a ton of things that I was, I was processing, you know, I was angry. Uh, I thought I did something wrong, all, all of this stuff. Right. So fast forward 20 years later, um, again, as I'm, you know, also coaching people on becoming more self-aware. Uh, I also realized that I can only 
support others to the fullest extent that I've experienced my own growth. So, um, you know, that was one of the ways that you and I got connected. I, I personally wanted to um, just dive a little bit more deeper into who I am and, and where my past had started influencing my, my future and even my current reality. And um, yeah, I was, I was, I was angry, you know, at the, at the time. And so I needed to realize I didn't need to hold on to all of that resentment, that judgment, um, that animosity. And so I actually reached out to my dad um, at that time, 20 years later. So I was around 25, 26, uh, 24, I think even who knows. Um, can't remember right now, but um, yeah. And like, we got re reconnected a little bit and um, sure enough, I ended up finding out that I have three other half siblings. Um, and so I've even been able to start building that relationship with them um, because my, my father's actually out of their life as well, unfortunately. And so I, I think that's also a testament to, you know, if, if we don't take responsibility for the results in our lives, they're just going to continuously create habitual uh, patterns, you know? So um, that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, I mean, I, I, I haven't talked to him in almost a year now. Um, How was it when you reached out to him after 20 years? How was that? (laughs) Uh, It was pretty interesting. I I remember calling him and uh, he goes, who is this? And I said, Vincent Dangerfield, you know? And uh, he goes, wait a second. And he, and he rattles off my birthday and he, he's sharing some other like, you know, you grew up on this street and, you know, all, all this other stuff. And I was like, yep, that's me. He's like, holy cow. And like, he had to pull off the side of the road. We had about 20 minute conversation. We ended up meeting up a couple of weeks later at a Starbucks for like six hours. And, uh, after that, I thought I was good. You know, like I was like, all right, well, cool. Like, like I, I thought that was enough. Um, but I realized that I hadn't necessarily cleared the air as much you know I was just kind of listening to him uh and just kind of sharing like hey this is what I've been up to and and and, you know I was just kind of asking general questions um but we never really got to like dude here's how the absence uh that the the absent uh relationship uh in my life has impacted me I never I never really truly got to express that and so uh, again, once I got super aware as to how my past was influencing my my presence and and my future, you know, I was able to kind of clear the air with him um, a couple of years later, and uh, that that was super super supportive because now um, I'm much more clear on on what I want to be able to do for my children, for my future family, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and I think that's actually you know we were joking a little bit earlier, but um, I'm I'm sure you know, uh, several other parents, and maybe you would agree, you know, you're never really truly ready for parenthood, you know, but I, I would, I would say that there's still probably some work there that I get to do, um, before I start a family, honestly, you know, uh, I, I think there's still some hesitation because I, I want to make sure that I'm at my highest possible performing self, uh, if you could say that, um, before I start bringing children into this world. You know what I mean? Just because again, I've seen on one end of the spectrum so much that didn't work. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, 
as you were as you were explaining that to me the idea of like father like son popped into my head and i don't hmm. think that that really I, I i'm curious to hear your take on that because you know i i think through you know the people that we meet if we know that they're if we know their family or we know more about them and kind of you know how they've had their upbringing or where they've got a lot of their parental or social programming from we could see similarities right you could mm-hmm. see similarities between fathers and sons or mothers and sons mothers and daughters etc but then I think we have those experiences maybe similar to yourself where it's just, it pushes you the opposite direction where you're not really anything like him because you've been so deterred and you're, you're saying, well, I, I definitely know how I'm not going to raise my kid, you know, by looking at somebody else's example. So what's your, what's your thought on that? The, the whole like father, like son. And what do you think of when you hear that? Yeah. Um, well, so I, I guess to kind of, again, give a little bit more backstory. Um, you know, I, I was, you know, again, like I said, my, my mom was a single parent, you know, and then my, my grandmother, fortunately, um, we were a younger family, you know, you don't hear of many kids getting raised by their grandparents um, as much anymore. Um, and so, you know, because my grandma was a stay at home mom, um, and she lived super, super close, you know, uh, I had a lot of feminine, uh, energetic influence, you know? So, um, I, I think it was, it was great to have that. And because my grand, my grandfather, um, was still very active and able, you know, 20 some years ago. And then, Fortunately, again, because my family was still so young, I had great grandparents. So I had a great grandfather and a grandfather for 18 plus years of my life. Wow. Which was huge, right? So like when I hear that of like father, like son, um, I would actually completely agree. But my father's were pretty grand and great. <laughs> uh, you know, like I, I even remember um, even a couple months ago uh, before my, my grandfather's accident, actually, um, he would always remind me how much I reminded him of my great grandfather, Lewis. Um, and so, you know, I, I see him, my, my great grandfather and, and my grandfather as true gentlemen. Uh, and that's actually even part of the reason why I joined my, my fraternity, because that, that was a, a motto that they lived by. And I was like, yeah, uh, this is, this is, I'm used to this, you know, I'm, I'm used to, to acting and responding in a, in a, in a true gentleman way. Um, and so I would, I would agree that like father, like son, uh, because I think it's just natural for masculine energy to be, um, influence or attracted to other like masculine energy, you know, whoever you're around with the most, you know, if I was only, you know, if my only male influence, like, let's say I didn't even have grandparents, great grandparents, uncles, godfathers, anything like that. Um, and I only had like the neighborhood kids or their parents, like, 
that's probably who I would have just, just been naturally attracted to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's not necessarily like father, like son. I think it's like masculine energy, like masculine energy, whoever you're around with the most. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Were either of your grandfathers, great grandfathers on your dad's side or are they all on your mom's side? All on my mom's side. Okay. Yeah. Cause I would just be curious to kind of, you know, wonder their take on their own son or, or grandson, you know, leaving, mm-hmm. leaving and not reaching out. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I think um, if I'm not mistaken, you know, I, I think this is, is a huge part, right? Like my dad had very unfortunate circumstances growing up, right? Like I would never want to wish any of that onto somebody. But I think this is, again, a testament as to why I'm so attached to having people be bigger than their circumstances. Because at, at the end of the day, like, I'm pretty sure, like, my, my, my father's side of the family, they were uh, not, like, they weren't very sociable. Like, they, they were just, they were, they were super low socioeconomic status, blue collar family. Right. Um, and so that's all my dad ever saw. And so again, we don't know what we don't know, which is fair. Although if you're super aware that you don't want to be there, then you automatically know where you could be. Right. I I think a lot of people get caught up on that sometimes of like, Oh, well, I hate being here, but then they're like, but I don't know how to get there. It's like, well, if you at least know what it looks like, just re- start reverse engineering it. You know, and I think people get so deterred that, oh, well, I don't, I don't want this to, or I, I can't do anything about it. You know what I mean? And, and so I think that's also where my, my father um, kind of started responding or reacting, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, it was in that manner. Uh, and so to answer your question, I actually don't think his family would be that surprised. Yeah. To be quite honest, I, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll never know, but because they, they've all since passed. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think they would actually be surprised because it, it's just kind of like what they were used to, I think. Right. Well, there's an old saying that they say everybody's loving the best that they can. Right. And, um, you know, to your point, like you don't know what you don't know. And if he didn't have that very good of an example, um, then he can't then it's no shock to as to why, but at the same time, you're not bound by it. Like you were saying too, right. You know, your circumstances, mm-hmm. um, kind of falling to the victim and saying, Oh, you know, this is, this is why I am who I am, you know, instead of choosing to be who you want to be. Right. So, so what happened when you, you mentioned to kind of like almost rewind the conversation, but fast forward in time, when you said that you actually did get the chance to confront your dad and tell him how you felt, mm-hmm. you know, what it was like, all that stuff. What, what was his reaction? Well, I mean, I guess, I guess people could probably guess what you told him, but if you wanted to share a little bit of what you actually said, but I'm curious as what was his reaction and how did he respond? And was he, you know, did he feel bad? Did he say sorry? Uh, you know, did you, did, was there any emotion? 
Yeah, uh, there was actually no apology. Wow. It it just, it literally went back to, you know, I did the best that I could, um, you know, and he started just reminding me, just kind of repeating stories as to like how he grew up, uh, which going just to use the same word choice that you had had earlier, he, he went back into like this victim mentality, right? Like here I am opening my heart up, like extremely emotional uh, at the time and, and even still processing like my anger, my sadness, my, my judgment, my, like my own personal guilt. Like I thought again, as a little kid, I, I thought something that I had done it. Right. But you know uh, all of these things I, I'm like just opening up to him graciously. And um, yeah, there was nothing like it was, it was kind of cold stone. It wasn't necessarily like, Actually, there there was a, a point where he's like, well, you don't need to cry. He's like, what are you crying about? I was like, that's so funny. Like, of course, that's like exactly how he showed up or didn't show up, I should say. But like, that was his persona, right? Like, he didn't take any responsibility for, holy cow, if I'm not in this child's life, this is how I could could impact him still like I could still be influencing him he thought okay well cool I'm just going to completely isolate myself right uh because for whatever reason he might not have thought that he could do a good enough job I I don't know I don't want to create any other stories but for for whatever reason he chose not to be in my life he didn't understand that okay well even by that choice you're still going to have results come from that Uh and so then of course even in his own response of saying like, Hey, you don't need to be crying about this is a testament to him being completely like closed off from his own emotional um, responses, reactions and, and understanding and awareness or emotional intelligence, I guess you could say of how he could also be impacting other people around him. Um, and I think that's also even how he's chosen to impact his other set of uh, children, you know, is, is just, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, try and, and uh, exclude myself because if I'm not providing any value, I'm not going to influence them. Uh, but he's still influencing them by also not directly influencing him. They're just, he's just doing it indirectly. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, just looking back, I mean, to, to really understand it was there was just actually, that was the last thing I told him, I said, dad, because we had tried uh, communicating a little bit more, but it just kept going into like victim stories, man. And um, the the last thing I remember saying to him, I said, when you truly see the lack of responsibility that you've shown in your life, when you see it, when you become totally aware of it, and then you take responsibility from that point moving forward, give me a call. Hmm. Any response? I haven't talked to him in almost a year. Wow. Yeah. So. And that was at the Starbucks. Uh, oh, no, no, that was, that was, no, that was, that was just like a, just a year. Yeah. So I would say Starbucks was probably like four years ago, five, four. Yeah. Four years ago. Cause it, it would have been uh, a little bit after my grandmother had passed away and my grandmother will have passed away uh, five years ago now. So I had talked to him four years ago. Uh-huh. It will have been four years ago. So, yeah. And then this conversation, like I said, was just 
back in 2018 or so. The last, the last conversation I had with him. Is there anything you wish you would have said that you didn't get a chance to say? Oh, you know, like sometimes man, we always a... have, you know, it's like sometimes we always like we walk away and we're like, oh, shit, I should have said this, you know, or like or next time I'm going to say that something like that. You know, um, is there anything that came up for you like that? There could be. There, there absolutely could be, man. Um, but this is my own personal awareness and just understanding of of truly getting people to understand or see things. Right. Like I would have just been on, quite honestly, like wasting my breath. Uh, Mm -hmm. because I would have, I would have been coming from a place of having to try and prove something and like make him wrong or like make myself feel, uh, satisfied or gratified in, in his like, Oh my gosh, Vinny, you finally, like, I get it. Oh my gosh. You're so right. Like, I think I I used to do that before. Like I would always want to try and get in the last word, you know, and I still catch myself doing that. I'm not perfect. But, uh, what I am saying though, is that like, I'm pretty much at peace. Like I don't need to say anything else. I, there isn't anything necessarily that I would want to still even say, because that would be trying to stroke my ego, right? Like if I'm thinking of like, Oh man, what, what could have been like that one thing that would have changed everything? Like it's not because the other person has again, responsibility. They have a hundred percent responsibility up to 50% of that relationship. So if, even if you, you, you since you, for the most part, hasn't been open to hearing these things or, you know, um, even taking responsibility in the first place, anything that I would have said wouldn't have mattered. So, I, I mean, for me, I, I think I'm, I'm like at peace with like, I've said everything that I could potentially need. Yeah. I think that's good though, because, you know, certain things like you, you mentioned the ego a couple of times, I think it just really depends on the intention, right? Because sometimes we need to get those things off of our chest because we need to speak them and we need to express ourselves. Kind of like when you were saying, or when he was saying, well, why are you crying? It's just a way of expressing yourself, right? Because if you're built up, or if you're having a lot of emotion built up in you, whether it's happy emotion or f- frustration or anger or sadness, like whatever the emotion is, right? Mm-hmm. You could, you have to release it somehow. Right. And some people get violent with it. Some people hit things and, and do all that stuff. Some people just yell. And that's, a, that's one way of releasing emotion. Some people cry and it's, a, you know, physical tears. Mm-hmm. And but either way, the, the emotion needs to come out. Otherwise, that's what, you know, when everybody says, oh, you're just bottling it up. Well, what are you bottling up? Well, you're bottling up your emotions. Right. So you, we have all these little sayings that I don't know if sometimes people take the time to really just give a second thought to it like what are they even talking about but or where do these sayings even come from um but the thing is is that if you were doing it to change him as a man or as a person or a type of person because you're expecting the to fit this mold or whatever then that i agree with you wouldn't necessarily serve you in any way Mm -hmm. but if you needed to say something else to him and you're like you know what i i wish i could just tell him one more thing um but it was only for your personal benefit, you know, just for right. for you to be able to have like that actual closure. Yeah. Which could be an ego trip, I guess, to, to some degree. But I think sometimes we do need to let stuff off of our chest that we're that we are holding on to. And if it's comes out through the form of words, then I think it needs to be said. So, yeah. Oh, totally. I, I totally agree, man. And- there yep 
Okay. Um, I have my, my uh, device on, on do not disturb. Um, so uh, I, I think to maybe shed some light onto this topic for your audience, because again, um, me, I, I just didn't need to say anything, but maybe for other people out there who, who feel like they still would need to say something or, or get it off their chest, whatever. Um, I, I kind of relay this back now to uh, forgiveness. So if I think of forgiveness, um, traditionally people see it as, oh, well, I need to forgive somebody. Like that I'm actually um, doing this, you know, to them, like I'm, I'm forgiving them, but whereas actually forgiveness is taking back our power, our energy for ourselves, right? So um, again, this is just, you know, depending on where people are at in, in your audience, if they even want to express something to a boss or a, a significant other or a child to um, a parent or a parent to a child, whatever it is, for, forgiveness isn't necessarily to that other person, it's just simply acknowledging um, that I'm going to take back my power and my energy. Like I'm not, I'm not actually going to let whatever you said or didn't do or didn't say influence me any longer. Right. So I'm, I'm going to take back my investment and, and so much energy that I had put into my expectations of you, I'm going to just take them right back. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that was really powerful for me realizing that like again i i didn't need to continue saying anything because like the the forgiveness was already created because i took back my power realizing like actually there isn't anything else that needs to be said because i'm good you know Mm -hmm. and i i think that's why i'm also like if i if i don't hear from him um for another 20 years like i'm okay right you know and uh, I get to also then teach my future children that they get to be okay without their grandfather. There you go. You know, that's interesting. It's a, it is a very interesting dynamic. You know, I mean, it's something I don't really understand just because, you know, my parents are still together and we have a good sure. relationship. And so that's why I was actually really excited to have you come on and, and share that. Um, and and it's just interesting to to also see you know like the or hear about the lack of remorse you know because I mean I feel like you know as you get older and you start to think about your life and I guess you know you're right it depends on where you're at um, mentally emotionally psycho- psychologically you know some people start to think back on their life and think of maybe things that they would have done differently and it doesn't sound like uh, doesn't sound like that that experience happened for uh, for your father. Mm-hmm. because as you're opening up and he's got, you know, his son crying in front of him, there's still nothing. I mean, even Darth Vader saved Luke from the emperor. <laughs> sure. Um, so that's interesting. Well, and then I, I think just to, I, I don't mean to kind of, there's, uh, I think two different ways that we can understand it. Right. Again, am I trying to understand it so that that way I can be at peace with it? Or am I trying to understand it because I have some sort of judgment? And so for me, I, I'm just, you know, always 
always looking at, at truly understanding things at least for, for as a, a human being, <laughs> you know, I, I try to not put so much judgment into things, but you know, again, going back to what we said earlier, right? We just don't know what we don't know. And so if my dad was never uh, aware of how to legitimately communicate or process his own emotions, right? Like my expectation then shouldn't even be that high because then he, I'm automatically setting him up to fail and then I'm automatically defaulting then to whatever emotional attachment I had to that expectation. True. You know, so again, right, like, I'm okay Yeah. with, with how he chose to respond because, again, if, if he's not aware of those things, then that's, it's unfortunate, of course, right? But he's only aware of, of what he can, of what he can actually do. Yeah. Well said. Thank you. I can't let you go just yet. Okay, <laughs> you got it. Um, as you've listened to the show before, you know that we end every episode with 10 questions inspired by mm. James Lipton and Bernard Pivot. And I did not give you these ahead of time, but are you ready? I'm ready. All right, man. Number one, who is your hero? Um, how many can I have? <laughs> how many do you have? How many do you have? I, I would just say everybody in my family honestly like my mom my grandma my, my great-grandpa my my grandfather um fictional hero captain america <laughs> nice <laughs> uh what excites you people What's people your... excite me um you know just seeing people loving living and enjoying life what turns you off Victim mentality, man. Hmm. Yeah. What is your favorite sound? Uh, <laughs> this is good. So uh, my my girlfriend uh, was a nanny for an extended period of time. And uh, <laughs> her little nanny baby would, would make this sound. <laughs> I do it all the time. And I, I think it's it's a I, I think the reason why I picked up on it and just observed it and and really bought into it was because again right like if we think of of what I just said of like what lights me up I'm even cracking up over here just thinking about it because you know that excitement and and joy and people loving and living life to the fullest like little kids live life to the fullest mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean because they they don't have a care in the world like they they just if whatever they think that they do it, they're unfiltered, you yeah. know, they're, un they're unapologetically them. And so like that little noise <laughs> just lights me up. And like, sometimes if I am, you know, kind of caught up in my head or, you know, not able to kind of process emotions or whatever, I just kind of shift and like, I'll just say that <laughs> little noise, like it just, it cracks me up, man. Yeah. It's a, it's a good one. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it is a, it is a pretty amazing process to uh to watch kids grow up and the things that they do and all that stuff so anyone mm -hmm. listening who has kids or is around kids i'm sure they would uh definitely agree with that yeah um what is your least favorite sound oh man um 
Oh, the uh, the fire alarm whenever I'm cooking. Oh, yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. It is. And we live in a in a in a complex too, so like they're all tied into the same system. So if you can't get yours to like shut off, they 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 all start going off down the hallway. Oh my gosh. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) What is your favorite quote or saying? Oh man. Uh, That's a great, great question. Um, Oh man. Yeah. I'm sure you're, you're going to know it right when I say it. Uh, Nelson Mandela. I don't lose either. I win or I learn. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. This will be interesting in a couple words. What should a dad be? Empowered. Free thinking. And unconditionally loving. And in a couple words, what should a dad not be? Mm. Inauthentic. Mm. Final answer. Anything yeah, final answer. Yeah. No, no, oh, honestly, okay. I mean, it, I'll, I'll maybe just explain that a little bit. I, I mean, like, if they're not, you know, living life to the fullest, if they're, you know, being mean or harsh or um, crit- like hypercritical um, or, you know, if they're if they're even sad and just stressed out. Right. Uh-huh. That's inauthentic. Our, we're not meant to be in those states. For extended periods of time they're they're a part of our natural human biological universal feedback loop because it brings us back to what we're meant to be in authentically which is joyful loving peaceful grateful all of those things um so yeah inauthentic okay yeah if you could try any other profession what would it be hmm uh oh architect like George Costanza. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And finally, what would you like to be remembered for? Um, making sure that, that people know that they are much bigger than the, their circumstances. And I, I said it earlier. Um, yeah. Just make sure that people are aware that they are much bigger than their circumstances. Nice. They have a divine obligation to live their life to the fullest. Very nice. Vinny, man, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Bro, I'm super grateful for you, man. Um, it means the world. I appreciate it. I appreciate everybody out there listening to this. I, I um, you know, have seen you just live your live your passion through this podcast man uh and i know how you show up uh as a, as a father and as a husband and uh it it shows in this podcast man like it, it really does and you are truly making a difference for hundreds and thousands and future millions of people man thanks man i appreciate that of course, of course. And I really appreciate you sharing your story and, and being a little vulnerable in here. And, um, you know, it's, it's not it's not the easiest thing in the world, but 
you know, you haven't let it define who you are, you know, who you are and who you've become. And, uh, I know you, I know you'll make a great dad one day. So, um, thanks man. It's, uh, it's good to share this kind of stuff out there because for anybody listening, you know, for any, for any men out there, maybe who, you know, had the same experience as you, um, for any men that maybe, uh, did the same thing that your dad did, uh, maybe it's an opportunity to, mm. you know, reconnect so true. And, uh, and turn over a new leaf. And for any kids that even might be watching or listening, um, you know, just that, knowing that it doesn't have to define who they are and they can handle it and think about it and go about their life the way that you did and and do. And so, yeah, Mm. I'm just uh, really glad you suggested the episode and uh, again, super, super excited to have you on, man. Thanks, man. All right. Have a good one. All right, buddy. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for tuning into this episode of the warrior dads podcast. If you like this podcast and want to support it, please subscribe, leave comments, and share it with someone you think would benefit from listening as well. Thanks again, and keep on being a warrior dad.